Well, good morning, Faith Brook Church. I want to welcome you, whether you're in person with us, whether you're watching online from wherever in the world, or you're checking us out later on demand, I want to give you a warm welcome. My name is Brendan Burnt. I'm the student ministries pastor here at Faith Brook Church, and we are so glad that you're choosing to spend a part of your day with us. If you're new here in our community, we want to get the chance to know you really well. And a great way to do that is by filling out a connection card in the seat back in front of you or going to faithbrook.church forward slash guest. A connection card gives us the chance to reach out and connect with you directly and helps us to plug you in somewhere where you can find great community here at well, the fall is ramping up here in Minnesota. Kids are back to school. The sports are already in full swing. And here at Faithbrook, we are ramping up to our awesome fall kickoff next Sunday. It's going to be a time where we go to two services, one at 9, one at 1030. And it's going to be an amazing time for if you've even considered coming to Faithbrook, it's the best Sunday to come. We're going to have amazing worship, an awesome and brand new series. And we're going to also have food trucks and bouncy houses and great times of community while we are here. On your way out, you're going to receive an invite card. And I would invite you to hand that to somebody who you would love to see become a part of our community. And if you're online, look for the posts on our Facebook and Instagram page and share them on your pages as well to spread the word about our fall kickoff next week. Well, this week we are going to be finishing up our DNA series, and I want you to welcome to the platform our lead pastor, Jim Comfort. Several years ago, my family and I were invited up to the Brainerd area. I think there was maybe some church event or something. And while I was up at this event, someone says, hey, um, there's going to be a party at this member's home uh, back in, in the country, and you guys are welcome to come. And we're like, hey, we're up here. Why not? Uh, so they said, just follow us. We'll get you to their home. So great. So we got in the car, and, and I remember uh, going in those rural uh, highways or, or country roads up there in, in Brainerd, and we got to this place, and they, they took a left, and they went into this big forest. In my world, it was a big forest. It was just dark, and it was like we were traveling through this tunnel of pine trees, and we just kept going and going, and, and all of a sudden, it kind of opened up into this kind of compound, and people just kind of parked everywhere. We, we got out, and the owner greeted us, and, and I'm looking around. I'm like, man, this, this doesn't remind me of the suburbs. I mean, there was just like junky cars over there, a couple of boats. The guy had an outbuilding and a barn and a shed and dogs running everywhere, right? He's like, come on in. And then we kind of uh, did our deal. And I, I'm kind of talking to this owner. I'm like, wow, uh, is this your property? Oh yeah, property, acres. Yeah, we, we like it out here. We, we, we like it out here. And and I'm like, man, nobody even knows that you live out here. I mean, are you like preppers or, or what, you know? And, and the more I got to know this family, it, it kind of dawned on me, uh, th these people out here on purpose, right? Th these people kind of like want to be hidden away. Uh, just like uh, we don't like people and we, we want to be left alone. Can anybody relate to that? Uh, maybe you kind of live with someone. Uh, it's like, yeah, that person. They just want to be left alone. They would love to be back in some cave or some forest where they don't have to deal with people. Maybe you might be watching us and you might be feeling that way, right? Well, there are people like that. But my question is for you, is, is that the DNA of God to just be left alone? 
Well, we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but I want to welcome you. I'm Pastor Jim. So glad to have you. It's been a busy week, has it not? Uh, summer is over. Uh, hopefully you survived getting your kids back in, in school. Maybe we have a little bit of rhythm happening. Uh, and so it is a new day at, in the fall. Now we are looking forward to uh, kickoff services next Sunday at 9 o'clock and then 10.30. Hopefully you're going to invite someone and be here. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. I'm I'm excited about a new series called Finding Your Best You. I believe it's really transformational and powerful if you stick with it, Finding Your Best You. Well, meantime, we are coming to the conclusion of our series called DNA. What is God's DNA? And is DNA of God living in ourselves? And is the DNA of God living in this church? And so it's a big deal for, to have the DNA of God in, in Faithbrook. Uh, that's one of the reasons why our mission statement is to love God, love people, and journey together. We pray and we hope that every day, every week, we try to do these three things. Let's love God, let's love people, and let's try to journey together. One of the inspirations to this mission statement came out of the challenge of Matthew 22, where the teachers of the law were were pressing in against Christ. Hey, we got a lot of rules and traditions and religion, right? So could you just boil them all down and say, you know, what is the greatest commandment? What is the best law we need to follow? And Jesus just really just brought it down and says, here here it is, guys. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If we can get at that level, that is the heartbeat and the DNA of God. It's so easy to just love yourself, right? And to, to get past yourself and say, man, God, you're going to be first in my life. I'm going to love you with everything I have my emotions and my heart, even the depths of my soul with my mind. And there's places where it talks about with my strength. I'm going all in with you. That He's like, man, that, that's it. Love me with everything you have. And then he said the second is like the first. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. And last week we talked about this component, about loving others as yourself. What does that look like? Where do we, where do we get that motivation? And here at, at Faithbrook, we want to help people love God more. We want to help uh, you to love people better. And we realize that the more we love God, the easier it is to love people and serve people. The more we love God, work on that, the easier it is to serve people and love people. And we talked about loving people can look like everyday acts of kindness, just being sensitive, uh, uh, you know, smiling, opening doors. How can I help you? Uh, do you need some help with that? That's just loving your neighbor as yourself. We talked about sometimes befriending people. There might be people that are struggling in life. Maybe someone in your school, maybe someone at your work, man, you know, they're, they're just down. And so for you to befriend them, maybe they're far from God. They gave up on God, gave up on church. That's your opportunity just to influence them, to um, model for them, if you will, and maybe even to invite them to a place like Faithbrook that they can explore and, and come to Christ uh, with, with your help. What we talked about loving your neighbor is, is sometimes volunteering uh, getting on a team to make an impact collectively, uh, that can help love people as your neighbor as yourself. Well, today we're going to be talking about our third component, journeying together. And I want to submit to you that journeying together collectively is also the DNA of God. 
There's something about traveling together. There's something about friendship. There's something about community. In fact, I would suggest to you that God embedded into humanity the need to experience community. God built into every human, even if you're an introvert, even if you like living in the backwards, I would submit to you that you still have a desire and need to have community and friendships. Now, I'm kind of a connoisseur of people. I, I watch people, um, I, and I've noticed through society, no matter if you're an extrovert, introvert, whatever, you, you still need some community. You go to coffee bars, or you go to pubs and things like this, it's very important for people to meet up, Right? I've, I see ladies, especially a lot in, in bagel shops or coffee bars, man, they're just having these really good gatherings, right? Some giggles and laughing. How are you doing? How's your kids, right? Just chatting away. Guys like to do this, right? Even they need community. They need friends. It's kind of built within us, right? That's the way God designed us. In fact, God is into community. You look at God himself, there's the, the triune trinity, God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, traveling throughout uh, the universe. Now, this shouldn't surprise us because when we open the Bible, we see that God built in community. Remember the, the, in Genesis, he says, I'm going to create you in my image, right? And part of my image, part of my DNA is that you're going to need some community to stick together. He created the, the first human. There's, there's Adam, right? He's watching Adam. He's toiling. He's doing his thing. And, and it dawns on God. It's like, you know, the, it's not good for you to be alone, right? So he created woman. And, and he said, I want you to come together and I want you to be fruitful and to multiply. And there God created this beautiful scene of the institution of family. There's a husband and a wife and then there's kids and, and, and they're working together and they're eating together and they're traveling together. And the, when the chips are down, there's that family unit that comes together. It's part of God's DNA. Now, unfortunately, I would submit to you that we now live in a society that, that really has a hard time sticking together and finding healthy community. I mean, everything is pulling us apart. There's all kinds of frictions and conflicts, right, and divisions. Uh, before you know it, you're, you're not invited or you're canceled, right? And, 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 and we're just kind of hanging in there. I, I remember, I think it was in 2010, was this little thing was invented called Facebook, right? And, and next thing you know, everyone is, doesn't have to show up to some coffee shop or pub or church or something like that. All they have to do is sit on their couch and just scroll through. And, and they're just kind of keeping track with their aunt and uncles and friends, whatever. All they have to do is hit a like, right, or a heart. And, and that's kind of the, the, the connection. Uh, before you know it, it goes past that. And people are typing in there, well, I don't agree with that. And next thing you know, they're, 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 you're, you're unfollowed. And, and there's all kinds of unrest and, and, and tension in our society. And it's a shame because God's heartbeat is for us to travel together, to journey together. You know, Pastor Taylor mentioned in his prayer about this significant date of 9-11. Wow, what was it, 20 years ago or so, the, the tragedy. And man, I remember uh, coming right out of that. It was just like our country was unified. People were showing up at church. People were, what can we do to serve? And let's raise the flag. And we were very united country going forward. But it seems like through the years, that unity and civility has just kind of deteriorated, Right. And now we, we seem to be a much more harsh society. 
It's just very easy to just kind of spit off our opinion or, or to be harsh or, or cancel someone out. But could it be, my friends, could it be that in God's heart, he's like, man, I, I have a dream of something better. I want to offer something better. It's part of my DNA. It's part of my, my dream for people who claim to be Christ followers or Christians to do it a lot better. And we see this on God's heart when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to model for us what this looks like. And so Jesus, when he started his ministry, he started collecting these disciples, these, these young, rough men that were willing to, to learn from him, to follow him. And, and he picked about 12 of them together and says, now we're going to walk through life and, and I'm going to be with you. And for three years, they walked together. They journeyed together. They, they laughed together. They worked together. They ate together. They cried together. And he's trying to teach them, hey, this is what Christianity looks like. And one day he sat them down and John recorded in John 13. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. Now, the, these guys uh, didn't necessarily love one another. They, they hopefully loved Christ. They were following Christ, right? But there was a lot of tension between them. There was a lot of insecurities. There was a lot of pride. And Jesus saw this. You know, if you're going to take my name and see he had an agenda, he's going back up to heaven pretty soon. He's like, you're going to have to be my examples. And right now, you guys are not doing this traveling thing, journeying together very well. And he says, okay, here's the deal. You need to love one another. You need to go to the next level. Yes, you're learning the theology and, and what I believe and all this kind of stuff. You might even perform miracles and, and be a great leader. But if you don't get along, if you don't really love each other like I've loved you, it, it's for nothing. People will smell that out. People don't want anything part with that. So, so love one another as I have loved you. I have modeled this. He goes on, he says, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples. It's not so much how much you know, right? It's, it's how much you are putting that into practice. So love one another. That was his heart. And it's also his heart for our, for our church and for you individually and even for our society. Because Jesus knew and God knew that we would be living in an unhealthy world where it's very easy just to be every man for themselves, right? And you know what? If I don't uh, believe what you believe, and, and we're going to just divide. And I got no problem of uh, just uh, uh, being snarky to you, with you or not being friends with you. But God's like, hey, I, I need you to be uh, uh, authentic. I need you to be real. And that's loving and journeying together. It's not always easy. It wasn't easy in that first century. Man, the, the Jews hated the Romans, and the Romans disrespected the Jews, and there was the Samaritans, and they wasn't like us, and, and there was all this conflict too. Well, you just fast forward to our, our decade, our century, and now we live in this, right? And the Christ is up there saying, hey, if you call yourself a Christian, if you want to follow me, would, would you try to love each other? Would you try to journey together instead of just every man for themselves? So when we look in the word of God, we see examples of this. So what we find later here, here comes Jesus. He's, he's risen from the dead. He ascends and he says to his little followers, it's on you now. You're going to have to love one another. Here you go. And, and so Luke writes about the first church that got a little bit organized. And did they love each other in Acts 2? It, he writes about this, these first Christians or these, this first church church, 
Uh, by the way, they didn't call themselves the church. That was maybe three or 100, 400 years later. A lot of times when we think of ourselves uh, as a church, we think of church buildings, right? Well, in those days, there was no church buildings. There, there's no steeples and crosses and, and things like that. They were just a movement. And the Greek word, oh, they would use ecclesia. Uh, these were just people that had camaraderie and, and they would move together. This ecclesia, that was the first century church. And, and look how they displayed journeying together in the DNA of Christ. John, uh, in Acts 2, let's see. Oh, no, it's not John. It should be Acts. Uh, excuse that reference. All right. Well, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Christ was the center. Uh, they started really uh, loving each other and, and uh, trying to join each other. Man, if someone was in trouble, well, they sold property and possessions to give if anyone in need. Generosity was part of their signature trait, that they were truly in love with Christ and coming together. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So this is reference to the big Jewish temple. Remember, they didn't have church buildings like they, we have, you're sitting in today. Uh, they had to go to the, the temple courts, and that's where all the Jewish people who were practicing Judaism, it was kind of the only large area. And so they would, maybe there was a couple hundred of them, right, would come together, and they practiced this worship where they were kind of used to anyway, but they didn't stop there. It goes on, and they went to the homes. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. Can I get an amen for eating together? Yes, right? Okay, they, they were eating, right? Hanging out, glad and sincere hearts, yucking it up, loving each other, praising God, and enjoying the favor of all the people. Somewhere, people on the outside were noticing these, these people of the way, these, these Christ followers, right? In fact, they were so attracted to these people, so intrigued by their love, not so much their knowledge, right? And these people and added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Wow. Just through their love, just through uh, their unity, people started noticing that. And what we learn through the Bible, what we learn through these examples is that Christianity is a team sport. Christianity is a team sport. Now, I would, I would suggest to you today it's kind of trendy to just have individual Christianity, right? A lot of times people just want to say, man, I just want to get to church, get out. I'll just come on my own thing. I, I really don't need to uh, get entangled with other people. In fact, you might have some friends or family members like, you know, I'm into Jesus. I believe in God, but I don't believe in organized religion. I don't, I don't believe in, in church, right? I can do without, but, but Jesus, cool. God, that's, that, that's good. But well, why, why is that? Why, why the, everybody's kind of want to do individual? Well, probably the truth of the matter is, is that people are messy. Uh, you get around organized things that, that are uh, uh, organized by humans, right? Uh, next thing you know, there's some failures. Uh, there's some problems. I, I don't know. I, well, last time I went to church, there, there were some hypocrites, right? I, and I'm not going to hang out with those people. And, and I saw a scandal. Those, those Christian leaders, they're, they're, they're no good either. And so before you know it, it's like, I'm out, right? I'm just going to do my individual thing with Jesus. That's, that's okay. But, but I would submit to you that that's not the heart of God. And in fact, God's plan is for his church to come together and journey together with imperfect people. Uh, you, you think you got issues? Other people have issues. Even the leadership of churches have issues. They're fallible too. They're imperfect too. But that's what God's plan was. 
to hand it off to infallible, imperfect people, even leaders. It's called the ecclesia. It's called the church. Now, this can be difficult. People can let you down. People can be obnoxious or hypocritical or even be a Packers fan, but we still love them, right? <laughs> and, and this is what I've learned through the years. Okay, let me just give you a little bit of insight. I've been doing this for 30 years, right? And people have come and complaining about other people, leaders in the church, whatever, you know, and they shouldn't have done that. And I thought they were Christian and they, you know, and, and I just went, well, okay, this is what I know. Everyone is on a journey. Everyone is in process. Everyone is being developed. And see, we, we want the benefit of the doubt to say, yeah, I, I, I know I'm not perfect either. I messed up last week, right? And would you get that grace of that person? You see, I've talked to those. You don't know what's going on with their past. You don't know what uh, medically is happening with them. And, and so we just make these judgments. And I just figured out that, that we're all on a journey. We're all under a uh, process, including myself, right? Hopefully, I'm not the same person I was 12 years ago. Hopefully, that person's not going to be the uh, same person in 12 years because God's, they're under construction. They're in development. We're all on a journey. Can we just give a little bit of grace, Right? Before we just write off the church, before we just say, I don't want to have anything to do with those church people because they might be imperfect. Yes, welcome to the club. And I think as we, we read the word, we notice that there was a lot of instruction to this, right? Because it's not easy to be unified. It's not easy to journey together. In fact, there's some analogies out there. One of the great analogies of the New Testament about the ecclesia, the people who follow Christ, is it's called the body of Christ, you might have heard of that, right? So the body is the analogy that there's different parts. There's eyeballs and toes and noses and elbows and things like this. And guess what? They're all kind of connected. We, we just don't just detach, right, parts of our body and say, no, oh, I don't like the eyeball. Or I don't like the, you know, the heel or whatever. No, they're, they're, we need each other, right? And we're working together. And there's something beautiful in that. You know, uh, today we get the opportunity to see 53 um, Vikings people hopefully beat the Packers, right? Working together like a body, right? Some are receivers, some are blockers, some are tacklers, right? But there's something good about that. And then there's a support staff and, and coaches and stuff. And, and yes, it can be done. We're kind of intrigued how things work together. That's the heart of God. He's like, hey, Christian people. If you're my kids, you're my sons and daughters, work together something beautifully. He gives us another analogy in the Bible. It's called the family of God. The family of God. Um, we, some of you might know that this afternoon, there's a Hispanic congregation that uses our facility. Their, their name is La Familia de Dios. I'm like, well, what does that mean, La Familia de Dios? Their, their name of their church is the family of God. That's what they want to be known for. It's just a family, right? And that's what God wants us to be known for. That's one of the reasons why we have name tags today, right? That most of us don't even know each other, right? We just come and kind of come and go. And, and maybe he wants us to get us a little closer and, and know each other. Um, you know, when we talk about family in the old days, if you grew up in the South or around churches, it was very common for uh, people going to church would call each other brothers and sisters. Hey, Brother Jim, good to see you. Uh, 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 brother uh, Nick, good to have you. And Sister uh, Lynn or Sister Kim, oh, it's good to see you. And probably today people are like, dude, that's like a cult, right? That's just like weird, right? The sister, brother, right? They were referring to this analogy that God wants us to be a family of God. 
And I don't know about you, we just don't, we just don't let go of family members, do we not? Right? Everyone, if you're in a family, have a couple of odd, maybe weird, high-maintenance people in the family. Amen? Right? And, and, and we just thought, well, I'm not going to associate with them. Right? We try to have some tolerance. We try to have some understanding. Why? Because we're family. That's what God is hoping that, you know what? We don't always have to just have, be best buddies with everybody in the church. But we're going to be family. And we're going to journey together. Because, see, we've figured out here and. and, and Faithbrook, that life is better in community. We just do life better when we are in community. Now, I know it's not always easy, but here's the deal. When we're in community, it stretches us, right? And it forces us, and that's just be so selfish, not to just go back in that force and that compound and say, it's just going to be me and my family, and I want to bother with anybody else. That's not the heart of Jesus, he says, man, I went all the way to the cross for you, and I want you to exemplify that. And so I might have you rubbing shoulders and hanging out with people that takes a little stretching of your love, that you might have to be a little bit more tolerant, right? These people agitate you, or they're very prideful, or maybe even hypocritical, and, and instead of just you know, condemning them or walking away, but maybe you do a little bit of, hey, man, help me to understand, to get along, to hang in there with God's love. You know, the first church, they also, they, they had personalities. They had some insecurities, pride, and conflict. Yes, they did. And so we see the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament say, hey, church, uh, we, we got to learn to do this one another thing better. This hanging out and the care for one another. In fact, if you just look at that phrase, one another, you will see it over 100 times referred to in the New Testament. Why would that be? Hey, because the leaders and God knew that, they're humans, and humans don't always do it well, and there can be conflicts and, 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 and tension in the ranks. So here's just a couple of references, like John. He, he, would, he was uh, writing to his people. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is God. This love thing is going to be the signature of the church. Oh, you can have beautiful churches, great talent, all kinds of theology, right? But when people are looking and, and just kind of checking things out, do these people love each other? Or is it all kind of po political and pride and I'm better than you kind of deal? Do they really love? Do they love me? So love one another for love is of God. James wrote, do not slander one another. Mm. Uh, Paul, be devoted to one another in brotherly and sisterly love. Honor one another above yourself. Instruct one another, right? Sometimes we got to speak into people's lives, the, the truth of God. At the same time, he says, forgive one another. The Hebrew writer says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Yes, let's encourage one another. Peter, close yourself with humility towards one another. Hey, I, I'm no better than you, right? I want to love you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, let's not go too far here with that, okay? All right, we don't need that one. Now, now Jesus knew that, that that would be difficult too. So in Matthew 18, he, he, gave, this, he gave this instructions about what happens when, there, when we have conflict. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of having to laugh at that because it does happen in churches, right? And, and uh, we, had, we, we have disagreements or there can be some hurt feelings, right? So in Matthew 18 says, if someone's offended you, Go to them, right? I, I think that's a healthy, wonderful part. If we were mature enough as Christians to say, you know, I can't believe they did that or said that, or, or I don't understand that. But, so I'm going I'm to text them and say, hey, could we meet? And, and, and just kind of be upfront with them and say, 
you know, maybe, I, I, maybe you weren't trying to hurt me, but what you said or you did agreed me. And I'm struggling with that, right? And, and could you help me understand why, why you did that action? And hopefully there, there's some, some Christian love there that, that says, wow, maybe some, I didn't know I did that. Um, and some ownership. And before you know that, there can be some reconciliation. And, and if that doesn't work, he says, call some other friends and say, man, we've got this conflict. Let's figure it out, man. Christians sometimes are the worst at solving conflicts. It's just easier just to, just to leave a church, right? We just ghost people and leave instead of saying, man, can I, can I talk to you? And I think for God's heart, it's not that we have to uh, agree, right? Uh, there can be disagreements, no doubt about it. But how we manage that. And if we have to divide, it happened in the church. Did we divide in love? Did we say we're, we're still uh, and brothers and sisters in Christ, but this, this, this issue we're not agreeing on? This is what God is, is talking about. And, and we have to stretch sometimes to love one another, to honor one another, to forgive one another, to do life together. But God knows and Faithbrook knows that we do life better in community. And that's why here at Faithbrook, we, we model uh, what's Acts 2, right? That we have some events, big events, like on Sunday services, right? That they met in the, the temple courts. Uh, and, you know, all, hopefully all faces are forward, right? I'm the only one speaking right now. I'm the, I'm the I'm primary teacher right now, unless you're watching something on, the, on your, your phone or something, right? But, but we also want to model small groups, the, and we call them life groups here, right? This is where people circle up. This is what Jesus did. Yeah, he had, he had big groups, right, and, and sermons and stuff like that. But his primary teaching, he knew that the best type of teaching was in there's 12 in the disciples when they circle up and they can hear from each other and they are learning from each other. So here at Faithbrook, when we talk about life groups, we really have three goals. And the three goals in our life groups is to love, learn, and laugh. Uh, this loving component is part of God's DNA. And we want to have that DNA. And so our hope is when people gather in living rooms or a coffee shop and our seniors will be having a class right after this service, right? That there's love in the room. And love is slowing down to to check in with people, right? How's, how's your kids doing? Or, or I remember last week you shared that you were struggling maybe about your job situation or something's overwhelming. That's the love of, of Christ uh, to, to uh, just kind of help each other. Here at Faithbrook, we want to help our people and you to, to love better, right? I, I've been in many small groups, and there's some times where people are coming in for that, that life group on Thursday night or something like that, and, and someone's just kind of got their head down, and while other people are talking, and, and uh, it was like, hey, hey, how's everybody's weeks doing? All of a sudden, someone's like, man, I, I've had a terrible week. Like, whoa, what, what's going on? Well, I got news that you know, someone might died or someone's dying. Or my, my child, my grandchild's not doing very well, right? And right there, there's a chance to, to exercise God's DNA. Say, what's going on, man? And, and, and sometimes it's just been, let's stop what we're doing and let's just care for this person. Let's just, let's just lean into this person. And maybe there's a prayer and, and to help them. That's the love of God. And that's what we want to see in our life groups, right? But the, the front lines of care is not the pastor, the front lines of, of love and care is their brothers and sisters in Christ who will be there. We'll go to the hospital. We'll bring them food. We'll, we'll give that pastoral care as, as Christ followers instead of just always calling up the staff. That's how God planned it. 
Now, the second part is to, is to learn, right? Uh, to learn, especially God's word, right? So in life groups, a lot of times they're going to crack open the Bible and, and there's other people that are, are reading with you or there's a teacher on the, the screen that we're learning God's precepts and, and teachings. And it's really awesome where you hear from other people. They're like, you know, I was reading this passage and this is what I got from it. And you're like, wow, I never thought about that, right? Or it's really cool when someone's like, you know, last week at the office, there was an issue and, and I just felt like God wanted me to do this and that. And you're like, I, I never thought about that before that. Man, and before you know it, you're encouraged, you're inspired because you're in community, you're journeying together and you are loving and you are learning. And then of course, there is the, the laughter part, right? God is into joy. God is into some, some fun. We, we want our groups to have fun. And a lot of times in Facebook, they do have a lot of fun, right? Life groups I've been a part of, right? I mean, there's a lot of kidding. There's a lot of joking, right? Someone tells a funny story. That's all nourishing. That's all replenishing for our soul because life is tough, right? We're not sure who's in our corner. Uh, we got to uh, fit all the expectations and do, go through the grind. And we're getting into that life group. Man, there's our friends. And we can be real. And we can be honest and say, man, I'm struggling. Or I got this situation. Before you know it, we're loving, we're learning together, and we're laughing together. And before we know it, we are being replenished. And we are even thriving in life because life is better in community. So here at Faithbrook, if you're considering this kind of your, your church home, we would like for you this fall to take a step into a life group. Many of you have participated in life group. Maybe you're new, maybe you're watching online. And so, hey, how can I be part of a life group? Uh, right now, we just kind of give you a little a menu of, of where we're at. Uh, a little picture of our, our life groups. We've got about nine. We'd like to expand that. And these life groups are very diverse. Um, like I said, we have our senior class that meets right here on campus at the end of this service. Some meet in, in living rooms, some meet in coffee shops. Um, and you can go online and figure out when they meet. Some are Thursdays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Uh, and they're sprinkled between um, Plymouth to, to Maple Grove to Champlin. And, and it's a great time. They don't meet every week. Uh, some do, some don't. And there's some patterns there. But we go from about 1st of October is when we start and go to the first, second week of December. Take a break through the winter months, kind of reset at the end of January. So um, the way to get there is our, our website, faithbrook.church. You go to Next Steps or uh, kind of look around and you'll find this, this page right here. And then you just kind of click on and what you're doing is you're asking permission and you say, Hey, I'd like to join your life group. And that leaders can get back with you, give you some particulars and let you know a few of them uh, uh, have kids, right? They got a basement and hopefully those kids survive or whatever. And the parents survive. Uh, some of them don't have kids, right? So just kind of look that through, but that's kind of how we do it. And here at Faith Work, we want to learn, we want to love, and we want to laugh together as we journey through life because we've found that life is better when we journey together or in community. So last night, uh, it was a beautiful night. Anybody see that, right? There was kind of a full moon and, and, and it's just like one of those perfect Minnesota evenings. 
And I didn't grow up in Minnesota, but I've lived here many years, and I've figured out that Minnesotans really like backyard fires that are like kind of bonfires, right? And, and we have done that several times. And there's something uh, beautiful and special about just that, that, that the crackling of the fire and, and those logs are, are together and, and people come together and your eyes are focused because there's some energy and there's some light and there's some warmth coming from that fire and the, those logs. But you might know that, that that energy and that light can only come when those logs are connected. If you started separating those logs and just trying to have them burn on their own, pretty soon that, that log has, to, has struggles to keep on fire, uh, to bring that same brilliance and beauty when they're all alone. Yes, they'll flicker for a while. Yes, they'll have some heat for a while, but soon they'll, they'll finally come down to this smoldering and smoke. And I've found through life, it's just very easy and tempted to say, you know what, I, I don't need to stay connected, right? I'm, I'm on fire, I'm, I'm good enough. And before we know, we get busy and we kind of separate from others and we're kind of just kind of burning for God on our own. But before you know it, it's tough because God really never made us to just journey on our own. God's made us to journey together. And I've seen people grow, I've seen people Person through through tough times when they are bonded together in that fire of other people uh, on the same page trying to uh, live for Christ and live like Christ. So I want to encourage you to think about that. And if you're not part of a small group, if you're not part of a life group, uh, to take that step. Uh, again, we're going to be promoting this the month of September, and then most of our groups are launching in the first of October. Well, thank you for coming today, and thank you for um, putting on your little uh, your tag, right? And just at the end, if you wouldn't just blaze out of here, just take a, a minute to kind of move around. And, and this would be your, your challenge, to find someone maybe you don't know. And just kind of introduce yourself. You don't have to shake hands, all right? Uh, but you can introduce yourself and, and say, oh, I never, haven't met you before. Uh, and we have our names. And maybe we just move the needle a little bit, journeying together for Christ. So let's stand, and I'll close this in prayer. Gracious God, I'm so grateful that I'm praying to a God who, who loves all people all types of people. You know, God, we all have our warts and our roughness and our baggages and insecurities. But God, you, you said, come to me. You were willing to take those disciples. You were willing to take me. You were willing to take other people, God, and all our imperfections. And your heart and desire, God, is to, for us to come together. You're not here physically, God. You're here in spirit. But we are here physically, and your heartbeat, your DNA, God, is to see us, to love you with all of our heart, to love others in the journey together. I pray, Lord, that you would help me do better at, at loving one another, um, to, to uh, mature, to change, to be sensitive, God, to just honoring, loving, and, and being a person of Christ's love. And I pray for all those who want to follow Christ, are following Christ, may you help us love each other better whatever that takes. And, and would you continue to favor and honor and love um, uh, Faithbrook God as we help people find community, find friends to do life. And uh, we're just going to ask it all in the name of your, your son, Jesus, and your spirit. Amen.